using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags, always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong with Arm and Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Change Agent's Dilemma for Wednesday, September 24th, 2014. I'm your host, Heather Stagel, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, as I do once a month on Blog Talk Radio. This show is one of the many ways I help equip individuals and teams to influence organizational change and in Claria. The Change Agent's Dilemma is how to influence change without authority, and my goal with the show is to share ideas, tools, stories to help you do just that. Today, my guest is Michael Taylor, who is here to talk about how to measure and maximize alignment in your change initiatives. As Shelling Point co-founder, Michael leads their research on alignment optimization used to design, sustain, and repair strategies, projects, and similar collaborative initiatives at a variety of organizations, including Fortune 50, not-for-profits, and government groups. Prior to forming Shelling Point, Michael was a turnaround CEO after building a software company called MDS with colleagues from, Arthur An- or from Anderson Consulting, where he was a director in the products industry. Michael holds a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics, Operational Research, Statistics, and Economics from the University of Warwick, England, and has lectured on alignment optimization at or- universities such as Cornell, Duke, Penn, Warwick, and Wharton business schools. Michael, welcome to the show. Nice to meet you, Heather. Thank you for having me here. You're welcome. So let's just start with basics. So we're talking about alignment across or within change initiatives. So what do we even mean by alignment? Uh, Well, good questions to start with. Um, So let me do this. We had an MBA student three years ago um, poll uh, global business leaders on what they meant by alignment. And the general definition that is used in practice is the notion of vertical alignment. Um, this, no, this notion of, you know, we have a strategy, we have a set of objectives, and when somebody walks in and sits down at the desk uh, at 8 o'clock on Monday morning, um, you know, are their actions, their behaviors, their work product supporting that overall eventual output? And that's, if you think about notions such as the balanced scorecard, that notion of vertical alignment is the one that's most commonly used in business. Um, the, other, the other way that the word alignment is used is, um, just to be an extreme for a moment, a leader might sit down at the start of a meeting with a group of people and say, right, let's get aligned about what we're doing here or let's get on the same page. Um, and it might end the meeting with, okay, we've had the discussion, we've talked about what we're going to do, you know, are we aligned? Um, and uh, so alignment is, is you know, it, it's, it's meant to, describe this notion of um, do we all agree, do we endorse, and are we going to act um, to, to support some shared objectives. Uh, that, that, that generally is the definition that's used in organizations. Okay, so when, when you're talking about alignment, you're talking about alignment across the board, whether you're talking about a whole organization or even just a, a group of people in a meeting? Well, that, that, that actually, yes, that's right. So I guess two things on that, Heather. First of all, 
the situations about where does the word alignment apply, um, we have mapped at the moment over 90 um, situations, and they fall into three areas. And so it can be a group within a single organization. So our strategy, our business strategy, our departmental strategy, our implementation of an ERP system, our policy. So it can be things within an organization. It can be between two organizations. So our outsourcing contract with XYZ, our joint venture with ABC, um, our customer relationship with DEF, our merger. Um, so it can be between two or it can be across many. Um, in Europe right now, there's 100 organizations that are collaborating together um, to do some work for the European Commission. And so that, so, so within one, between two, or across, what's common to them is they, they've all got some shared purpose that need to, quote, get aligned around. Okay. So it's that idea of everybody being on the same page, whatever context that is. That, that, that's right, and I think I think one of the points, you know, this back to your first question about alignment is um, the word alignment is used today to mean both how we think about something and and what we're going to how we're going to act around it, and um, that's actually one of the issues with the way the word is used today is we use it to support two meanings, which causes lots of the confusion because you know you and I, for example. If somebody asked you and I, should we go north or south, and you said north and I said south, then um, we're not like-minded, right? Um, right. And, and, that's, and, that, and that's okay. You know, it's our right to be not like-minded. And, as, and very often as managers, you and I and people listening to this are taught to put, to put together a diverse group of people with different experiences and backgrounds um, to enjoy that melting pot. So we often actually create non-like-mindedness um, or we inherit it when we take over a team. Um, so so in normal vernacular, though, somebody say, oh, would say, oh, Heather and Michael aren't aligned. In actual fact, we're not, a, we're not of like mind, but what we need to do is get into alignment over what action we're going to take. Are we going to go north? Are we going to go south? Are we going to go nowhere or go east? So... So okay. um, that makes that makes sense. Okay, so alignment is about action, not about beliefs or what we think. That's right. Yes, okay, the thought right. behind. Yes, that's right. So groups can groups. Uh, every group we've ever measured has been non-like-minded, but they end up being aligned around the action we're going to take. Yes. Great. That's an interesting distinction. Okay, so why is alignment important? Well, um, again, good question. It was one of the things that when we started the research um, a few years ago, we would ask, uh, I'll say, leaders and, and managers, where does the ability to um, foster and sustain high degrees of alignment, where does it sort of fit into your roles and responsibilities? And the general reaction to that was actually, well, you know, Michael, that's a bit of a silly question because, it's it's what I do every you know it's it's fifty to ninety percent of what I do as a manager a leader is is creating and sustaining alignment because without it our projects our strategies our our, our alliances um, they wouldn't work they don't or to say the degree of alignment has a direct impact upon the degree of success that they have 
So, so if you take the extreme, if you have a group that is completely non-like-minded, non-aligned around why are we doing this, what does success look like, what are the barriers we're going to have to overcome, you can imagine if everyone is non-like-minded about those things and doesn't get aligned around those things, they're not going to do very well during the implementation and then the subject's not going to realize its value. So, so there's a direct correlation between degree of alignment and success of a collaborative subject. Okay. Well, and I would, there's something that occurs to me, though, because sometimes when I think of managers, I think that maybe they don't necessarily want alignment, or at least they might want to make all the decisions themselves. So I'm curious how this falls into the idea of alignment. <laughs> Yeah, no. So, so, um, so if you think of it, yeah, if you think of it this way, which is that, um, on one hand, as a manager or leader, um, if I know what I want and I know how to get there, and I believe those are the right things to do and the only way to do them, then the most efficient uh, way to generate alignment, aligned action, right? Is to just tell everybody, right? <laughs> and, that, uh, and, and that's the. But, but if if you understand the model, um, and there's probably people on the call that have a better understanding of this. If you understand the model, uh, if you have a spectrum, from one end of the spectrum is commitment to the action, in the middle is compliance with the action, on the far end is resistance to the action. Yeah, so right. you know if you come and if you come and dictate something, you might you know you. you, you, you Everyone might agree with it. We should get the commitment, but most often, most often you might get compliance and, and, and resistance. So the, the dilemma you face as a leader is the other end of the spectrum is to use a fully is to use a fully democratic process. You know, where through meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, you you get everybody on board about every single thing. The issue for any manager is striking the line between the two, so you can maximise where people are towards the commitment and, and, and the and the aligned action. Yeah. Okay, so alignment doesn't necessarily mean commitment then. So you can be aligned uh, and still have resistance if people are are doing what the action is. That well, that's a, that's a good not. point actually. Well, it's a good distinction. We were, you know we're working with groups is 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 that I would say that if you reach the point where there's alignment around the action, you've got you, that should mean there's commitment to it. That doesn't mean to say that you resolved all the non-like-mindedness. In other words. If we start off with that north-south situation, you want to go north, I want to go south, um, it could be that after sharing our reasoning, and I ask you all, you know, or someone asks you and I, what is, it, what, is, what is it that leads you to think north is the right way to go, and ask me what is it that leads you to think south is the right way to go, after explaining our reasoning, I might say, well, actually, Heather, you know, now that you, now I understand your reasoning, you're right, north would be the better way to go. And so we're now like-minded and, and, and we're aligned around the action. But we could have that conversation. You've shared your reasoning. I've shared my reasoning. And we're still sort of, well, I'd still rather go south, right? Um, and then, then the question is, do you, you know, do you toss a coin or does our boss step in and say, right, you both have the conversation. You're going north, yeah? I, I might not be like-minded right. about that's the way to go, but at least they got to air my views and opinions and I now have to support it and be committed to the fact we're going north. Yep. Right. Great. Yep. Well, how do you know that you need better alignment? Um, so, 
well, okay, there's two there's two ways to answer that. So um, one way to answer it is to say that um, having measured alignment, or should I say having measured the like-mindedness in groups now for over 200 groups, on a scale of 0 to 100, so rather than thinking about alignment as a binary, yes, no, we are aligned, we're not aligned, which is the way we tend to talk about it in, in, in organizations, it's a you know, yes-no thing, is that in terms of measuring a group's degree of alignment, where zero is complete disagreement amongst everybody about why we're doing this, where we're going, how we're going to get there, etc. And 100 is that sort of kumbaya state where everybody's <laughs> completely thinking the same. Yeah, every mm-hmm. group we've ever measured, every every group we've measured has been between 44 and 83. And the, and the, uh, and so what that means is we've never met a like-minded group. Right. Um, right. And so anyone that so the other one, by the way, is if you measure a collaborative subject such as a strategy, an alliance, an IT project, and you manage these these collaborative subjects that require coordinated action with many people. If you judge the success of them by three factors: on benefit, on time, on cost. So at the end of the day, you've got this subject, and you say, well, did we achieve the benefits in the time frame and the level of investment we expected? Those are the three criteria for a collaboration. From the research we've done, collaborations are running at less than 10% success on all three. So 90% of collaborative activities miss one or all three of those outcomes. So for most people, for most people in organizations these days, this is a fairly straightforward conversation. You know, on the process side of the house, We've got Lean and Six Sigma, and we can generate new and run high, you know, high-quality processes, um, you know, very well. But on the collaboration side of the house, um, you know, they don't, they tend not to, you know, perform as well, or haven't, or haven't done. Um, so one is there's now data uh, that says that there's this degree of non-like-mindedness. Two, there's data that says collaborations, you know, don't, don't achieve their outcomes at a great rate. And then the third one is is that individuals involved in a merger, involved in a strategy implementation, they very often sense misalignment. Um, so you have that aspect of it. Interesting. So this is probably a good time to ask, how do you measure alignment? So you've, you've just talked about all these numbers, so I'm curious. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> you know, how do you measure yeah, alignment? No. How do, you, how do you measure alignment? Um, well, you can measure alignment in now in about an hour. So there's a big server sat up in New York, um, and on that server there's a set of mathematics derived from the work of. So just to back up for a moment. So so um, there were three bodies of research that led to alignment optimization, the management science, and one of them was derived from uh, Professor Thomas Schelling. Um, and um, he was awarded the Nobel Prize in, in October 2005 for that work. And, and so we've taken uh, his work and his maths and derived from that a set of mathematics uh, that are running in a, in a big server up in New York. So you can take any group of people around any subject anywhere in the world, and within an hour you can measure their alignment and ge- basically generate a visualization, uh, sort of a, 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 a group MRI, of, of, uh, of a group of people, um, and one of the things around a particular topic, and and one of that one of that yields is their alignment index, um, and that's where I say every group that's ever been measured has been between 44 and 83. 
doesn't. So, so, so rather than rather than alignment being the sense thing where somebody says, you know, I'm not, you know, I think we are. I'm not sure. We need to get aligned. Are oh, we? Aren't we? You can basically now put data behind it as, as, as a management tool. Okay. So, what are some of the questions that make up this survey that people take to tell if, you, uh, if they're aligned? Well, um, so there are four categories of opinion that drive our action and inaction around the subject. So if we took, let's take your and my relate business relationship. If we, if we said, oh, should we after this blog talk here, should you and I have an alliance, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there would be four categories of opinion. There'd be assumptions, and the assumptions around the current state would be, you know, how are our businesses performing? What are the drivers that are going on that means we ought to think about an alliance? What's the success rate of alliances? What are some core values about how to have a successful alliance? So there are views that, that are just, um, you know, where are we? Why should I do this? Typically known as the case for action, okay? Um and, of course, that's one of the areas where very often people get involved in projects and they ask, you know, why are we doing this again? So so one category is, is, is one of the four categories is all notion around the case for action. Then there is the outcomes. Um, this is where people confuse means and ends, actions and outcomes. So then there's the outcomes, which is, so if we were to meet in two years' time and say that was a successful alliance, not what would we have done, but what would we have produced? What would the outcomes be? So then there's a view of outcomes. And do we have the same view? Um, so let's assume we have the case for action. We both agree this would, that there's a need to have an alliance. And then we agree that the outcomes should be A, B, and C have increased in this way or whatever. Then there's two um, factors that drive resistance. But actually, of course, given this subject, you know, effectively change management. is The first one is unintended consequences. So this is the notion of negative side effects. This is where the brain goes, okay, you know, I really should have an alliance with Heather, and Heather and I both agree that two years from now we should have produced these benefits for each other. That's great. But my concern is, uh, my concern is by working with Heather, I won't be able to work with anybody else. By working with Heather and building this alliance, I'll lose focus on other projects. So we have concerns for negative side effects. And then we have what are called barriers, so the fourth category of these barriers, which is, yes, I should and I'd like to, but um, I don't know how to run an alliance. Um, I don't think that I have enough relationships to bring to the table. So the barriers are what I think is going to stop me getting in the way. Um, so those four categories, basically what you're doing is you are understanding a group's opinions around those four categories. Um uh, and you're finding out where there is a light, well, like-mindedness. You know, where is it that we share the same case for action? Where is it where, or where is it we share the same outcomes or different? And then where is it that I think this could be a negative side effect, but you don't think that is something I should worry about? Um, so, the, so, the, so that's how that, that's the core of how you measure alignment. It's around those four factors. Those four factors. That makes sense. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you're asking, so basically asking a group of people, however large, what their assumptions are about a specific project, let's say, what the outcomes are, the un- 
the unintended consequences they expect and the barriers to see where they're where they're answering the same and where they're answering differently is that yeah that's essentially it sorry yes yeah yeah go ahead yeah, and, it, and it, yeah well you know it can be it can be four people so it um, you know it could be four people who are entrepreneurs starting a new business and and it could be their opinions around why did we start the business exactly where you know where do we see it business being in 12 months time 24 months time what's going to stop us getting there it could be four people uh, the largest we've measured is 15100 um wow. which actually is which is which actually was over a thousand organizations involved in an industry transformation and what was their views as an industry in terms of what it was going to take to transform and move, advance the industry or it could be a group of politicians in washington on on the policy <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to try yeah. that one. <laughs> well, okay. well, they they they'd been struggling for 18 months. Um, they'd yeah. been struggling for 18 months, and uh, I'll say the analytics after two hours um, showed them how there was a term that they were using that they they were all using the same term, but there were actually two different definitions of it. Wow. And they didn't really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, when would you measure alignment? What, just when during a project or just in general, when would you measure alignment? So um, there are three times generally where you would think about doing it. Um, so every topic has a life cycle. So think about the alliance scenario you and I talked about. But this applies to business strategy, to outsourcing, to you know, technology implementations. So the first question is, imagine you and I were on the same leadership team. The first question is, should we consider an alliance? Not, it's not that we have one. It's just, should we consider one? So, right. you know, AO gets used in leadership teams to, 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 for things such as, should we consider a merger? Should we consider an alliance? If so, what, we, what would we want from it? Why, why wouldn't we do it? And then imagine we'd, 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 got, we'd, say we'd got aligned around, we should have an alliance. Then imagine we'd gone out and looked at firms to have an alliance with and we'd selected one and we'd gone and done our due diligence and we're trying to make the final decision. Should we actually go ahead? Well, AO gets used at those points, I'll say, to maximize alignment around what should be done and, and, and use that to design the implementation. And then, and then, and then let's imagine then we, 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 we sign the paperwork and have an alliance. And then about three months in, when we really get to know each other, we've shared information, we've got views, we've got opinions, all the, all the high-level plans are starting to manifest themselves as real actions. There's lots of opinions flying now about what's going to work, what's, gonna, what's not going to work. But you then, then, you know, then often you'll measure alignment you know, at that point. Um, and those, so those situations are what we call um, sort of uh, proactive. You know, we're proactively ensuring alignment. And then you get those situations um, which is just literally assessing. And so right now there are companies, some of the big CPG companies, they write into their supplier contracts for your relationship management review with us once or twice a year. You have to use the AO technique. right? You need, we need to measure alignment in our relationship, not because we think anything's misaligned or it is or it isn't. It's just we're going to measure and we're going to know with data. So that's sort of... That, that, that's the sort of purely assessing it to see if it turns anything up. And then the third area is what we call the, quite frankly, the repairing area, which is where, you know, um, uh, 
that there's a there's a strategy project that's nine months into implementation and everyone's knows it's just not going right. And right. so, you know, we're measuring alignment basically to repair the project. So there's there's three areas. Proactively using right. it to create it, assessing it, and then repairing it. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now a big question. How do you increase or you keep talking about maximizing alignment, so how do you do that? Um well, Once you know your score, plan, how do you make it better? Yeah, yeah. The edge, the edge, you know the old cartoon at the edge of the pro- end of the project plan. There's one box that says, you know, magic happens here, right? You know, and it all, right. all works. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So no. So basically, what what happened is by doing the research and by studying this area, which is basically the, the thing we're dealing with is how do you get a group of people who we each think do we all agree to do? I mean, that's essentially what's going on in all these situations, right? So the first thing we're doing in measuring alignment is measuring what do they all think. So the first thing you do in maximizing alignment is you say, well, what are the things where we're not aligned that we need to get, that we need to worry about? So you might have eight opinions, or there might be eight different opinions about the, I'll say, the the, the, the case for action. Why are we even doing this? You might be the group might be aligned on three of them and misaligned on five. But then they look at the five, and it's like we don't have to get a line on all five of them. But you know, those two, if we're not on the same page about those two, that's going to give us problems. So that's a decision that that they need to make, right? Um, same with the goals. We, you know, we're aligned that success means we produce these outcomes, but we're not about these. Which are the ones we have to really anchor and get aligned around as outcomes? So first of all, there's a, there's a prioritization activity. Again, we're not going to come by R here, um, right? And it's it, right. And, and it's one of the reasons why, why it's called the management science is called alignment optimization, not al- not alignment maximization. If you want to maximize it, we'd spend all the time in rooms talking about everything. So the first thing is to prioritize and pick it, right? And, and then right. the other one is um, there are three reasons for misalignment. So this came out of the work. We 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 you know we had no idea this was going to surface, but it turns out that if you ask individuals, um, why do you think? the behaviors of others uh, that you're working with or need to work with are misaligned? Why are they saying things and doing things that you don't think are appropriate? Um, 95% of the time, people make a negative judgment of the other person's intent. Mm-hmm. So if you're, let's say, in that alliance, Heather, you're, you're doing something and I don't like what you're doing, the natural implication we get from people is they go, oh, well, Heather's doing that because she's going to try and raise the prices next year. Oh, Heather's doing that because she wants to get more control of my relationships. And it's quite stunning. Over 95% of the time, that's what goes on. In practice, what we found is when we've pinpointed misalignments or non-like-mindedness around key items, there's three reasons. Um, Different data, different dictionary, and different drivers. So different drivers is this whole notion of motivations, incentives, and things. That actually, in practice, accounts for less than 5% of the reasons why groups are non-like-minded and don't have aligned action. The main two are different data is um, accounts for 30% of it. You, you have some evidence, you have some data, some information that makes you think we should do that. I have evidence and experience and things that makes me think we don't. And when I shut up and stop telling you why you're wrong <laughs> and selling you on why I'm right, and I actually listen to the data that you have and compare it with mine, I say, oh, Heather, we're not as good as I thought we were, right? Um, <laughs> right. But, but actually what we found in practice with, you know, again, 
Fortune 10, Fortune 100s, you know, $10 million family-owned businesses, governments, alliances, all very well-meaning people, is that um, 65% of this, or two-thirds of misalignment in organizational groups is different dictionary. So you make a statement, we are good at this, and I think, no, we're not. And again, when I shut up and stop telling you why you're wrong and saying, oh, you're just saying that because you're going to try and take more of the budget next year, I actually find out that you have a different definition of good, we, and even and this. So, so you're, 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 there's a term called prejudice of knowledge. When I say something, I assume that my meaning behind what I say, you have exactly the same meaning. And what you find is two-thirds of the time, that's not the case. Sorry, can I? Oh, that's, that, 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 that's the root. So basically, the way to maximize alignment is you're simply trying to trying to understand. Basically, it's don't get emotional about the misalignment. Just accept that there's non-like-mindedness. You think north, I think south. And then basically, it's by sharing the reasoning, figure out which of the three these going on and, and, and deal with it. But, you know, reconcile it. Wow. Yeah, sounds, e- sounds easy, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, I think having that information is so helpful when you can realize this is where everybody is misaligned. So I just want to give you a quick chance to talk about the tool that you have and if and where people can get more information if they're interested in learning more. Uh, thanks. Well, yeah, so first of all, in, in terms of um, shelling point, and because it's a management science, we teach this, um, I'll say, the growing number of, of um, uh, business schools, leading business schools here in the U.S. and abroad. So for MBA students and executive education, um, there's a three-hour lecture format. Um, for, for leaders and managers who want to have the skills of optimizing alignment, um, then there is the two-day executive education. Um, so last week we had leaders and managers in from Trinidad and Venezuela and the UK and the US and Philippines. And these are people that are in organizations and they've never been taught how to create alignment. It's a, it's a skill they've developed, right? So there they can just learn AO as a way to deploy it themselves and use it in, in, in group situations. And then the third way is that um, we have partnerships with organizations um, who use our software, which is the AOT software, um, and they're basically using the AOT software uh, to measure and maximize alignment in groups. So, so uh, End-user organizations can, can um, acquire the software and, and, and then uh, consulting firms and, and other types of organizations are using the software in their strategies and policies and projects and process designs and others to measure alignment. And that's the software side of it, Heather. Great. Yeah, so to find out more information, where do people go? Um, www.shellingpoint.com, and it's, um, it's Shelling Point with a C in it, so it's... Uh, S-C-H, <laughs> shellingpoint.com. <laughs> yeah, and then the site there really sort of, you know, provides all the information on what we've been talking about here. Great. Well, Michael, thanks so much for being here and talking about this fascinating topic. I, I feel like we could talk for a lot longer, but, <laughs> but we're out of time. So thanks so much for being here. I'm honored and appreciated, and I hope this will provide some value to those that are listening. Great. Thank you. And thanks coming up next month on... On Tuesday, October 14th, workplace communication expert Skip Wiseman joins the show to talk about the four workplace conversations and which one you want to have during times of change and the three that you don't. (laughs) 
Uh, thank you so much for listening to The Change Agent's Dilemma. If you'd like to find more resources to help you influence change in your organization, including individual coaching, team workshops, and upcoming training events, please visit Enclaria.com. While you're there, sign up for my monthly newsletter and receive 12 free templates from my change management toolkit, The Irresistible Change Guide. Until next time, take care and best wishes for your change initiative. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags, always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. They're our best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra strong with Arm and Hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. They're our best bags yet. And they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra strong with Arm & Hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Yeah.